everybody peace welcome welcome back welcome back i wish i knew the words welcome back <laughs> anyway what up what it is it's me it's your boy it's chan guess what i am still your host welcome to season one episode nine of the robot afro show Danny. <laughs> Okay, folks, in this episode, we are doing a part two of our random musing. So I want to jump to it real quick. I want to go over this. Two things I need to get to really, really quick. Last episode, in episode eight, I talked about in-game and Infinity War from the Avengers, Marvel stuff. Um, I want to really quick go over something that I didn't get a chance to talk about in in-game or that I neglected or forgot to talk about, I should say. Um, it was Captain America and how he handled the situation with the shield at the end. Spoiler alert, if you don't know, then you need to get your coins up and, you know, get Disney Plus or rent a video or something. But I, I can't help you. So, um, so at the end, uh, or towards the end, when old man Cap is sitting after he's gone and lived his life in the past and then come back and he's sitting on the bench an old man and falcon and uh bucky walk over to him and falcon is asking him about how it was and you know all of this and but cap's got a different agenda he's ready to, to give up the shield and um he gives the shield to ultimately to the falcon to sam wilson now, I have a problem with that. Um, and it has really nothing to do with the fact that in the comics, that's not how it went down. Because like I said before, I don't want to be that guy who's always like, oh, that's not how you did it in the comics. You know, I get that. This is not my era. You know, I get that things change. And I get that we don't want it to be just like the comic or else we could just read the comic, which is frankly, in a lot of cases, better. But Endgame was a cool movie it was cool and listen i i was talked let me sidebar let me go into a pocket dimension for a minute um last time i talked about oh whoever directed this blah 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 blah, blah i know who directed it and you know i was pumped up about it i appreciate the movie i appreciate what they've done um i enjoyed the movie it just wasn't my favorite until the end and i thought the ending was phenomenal so you know that's my own personal taste and I don't want to put anybody down or put their thing down because I sat there and enjoyed it and laughed and cried just like everybody else. So that being said, I want to get to this point like about the shield. So here's what, here's what I would have done if I was writing this, because if I, if someone would have handed this script to me and as, as is, as, as the way it was handled in the movie, I would have looked at it and said, you know what? would be a better route to take if instead of Cap handing the shield to Sam Wilson and not to his childhood friend who he is now existing in a far-flung future with 
and they've been through everything from World War II to the, to the present day, I don't give a shit if my friend was batshit crazy. If I'm an old man and I'm about to, you know, I'm retiring and it's my friend, I'm going to give my friend the shield, okay? And tell him this, teach him that the responsibility and say, hey, man, you got to smarten up. Go see T'Challa. Go see Tony. Go work your shit out. But that's neither here nor there. That's a personal thing. That's what I would have done with my friend. That's not what I don't think Cap should have done. What I think Cap should have done is it would have been dope writing to me if Cap would have got up, leaned the shield against the tree, looked at Cap, I mean, looked at uh, Bucky and looked at Sam and said, you boys will figure it out and walked away. And then the camera would have panned back to the two of them and they would have looked at each other, looked at the shield in scene. Okay. Pure and simple caps. That's not in his personality matrix to me to have them both stand in there and, you know, give it to Sam. I don't think he would have done that. I think he would have, he's a cap is ultra fair. He's ultra, you know, uh, he's just that, that wasn't, I felt like it was, that wasn't the best writing in that moment. I felt like it would have served the audience better and the characters better if Cap would have left it up to them. Which leads me into Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Okay, now I know I just got a little hot under the collar last time um, talking about in-game and things, but and I had to, you know, kind of do a little retraction there. But damn it. I, listen, I enjoyed Falcon and Winter Soldier, the show, the Disney Plus show. I really did. I enjoyed it a lot. Okay, it's not my favorite thing, but I really enjoyed it. I love both of those characters, so I really did enjoy the show. Um, it had it wasn't the storyline I would have done, which is cool because I'm not writing it. It ain't about me, and I get it. But here's the thing. So. Uh, the way the show handled it, they gave the they, in Endgame, Falcon gets the shield, right? And in spoiler alert, <laughs> in Falcon Winter Soldier, he gives the shield to the Smithsonian. That has to be the dumbest decision I have ever even heard of in a fake movie. Like that was the dumbest. You gave it because the responsibility's too much. That doesn't even make sense. It does not make a lick of sense. It's actually stupid. It's stupid writing. As if a super... That wouldn't be the first thing a supervillain would do. Or any group would go after that shield. You took the weapon of the living symbol of the country from that was given to you by the world's super... By America's super soldier. By Captain fucking America... Okay, and you gave it to the Smithsonian, dude, it would have made more sense from a writing perspective if he would have said, you know something, I'm leaving this shield with the Avengers. I'll come for it when I'm ready. I got to get ready. I got to get my head together. That would have made more sense. Okay, but the I'm giving it to the Smithsonian, it almost made me stop watching the show. It, it almost made me not like Sam anymore. 
as a MCU character because I was like, that was the my son wouldn't make that decision when he was 16 years old. I don't know anybody, my mom, nobody. Who's making that decision? Uh, I don't want this. There's too much responsibility. But you're already a superhero, though. You're already a superhero. But nah, I don't want the an indestructible shield. Nah, I don't want that. I don't want an indestructible shield given to me by my the person I idolize, who's the world's first superhero. Uh, I don't want it. I'm going to give it to a museum. Come on, man. That's just absolutely ridiculous. And I wish they wouldn't have written that. I, they, I wish they didn't write that. It, it just, it, like I said, it, oh, it soured me really hard on the show for a long time. Um, here's how I would have written it, okay? So if we took what I said, how I said I would have written it, starting from Endgame, with Captain America just leaving the shield and leaving it up to them, guess how I would have wrote Falcon and Winter Soldier, they would have always been, it would have always been, not always, but at the very least, the first season would have been about them being like, well, I don't, I'm not giving it to you. I'm not giving it to you either. Well, maybe I deserve it. Maybe I don't. It would have been a thing going back and forth with them. You could have still had the whole them throwing and playing catch with each other with the shield. That to me was actually dope. That should be a thing that should always exist between them. Them learning how to throw the shield, catch the shield. And then guess what? You know, you could have created a situation where it was like, yo, dude, I got to go on a mission. I need the shield. Almost like a car. Almost like dad's car. Like, dude, I need the shield. Like, I'm using it right now. Uh, dude, I'm in the middle of a mission right now. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> like that noise. Pew, 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 pew. That's my sound effects. That's not actually me, folks. I know it sounds good, but it's not actually me. Um, but imagine how dope that would have been. And, you know, Sam's got the shield. He's in the middle. He's fighting whoever. He's, he's, and, and Buck's calling him. And he's like, dude, I got something going on. I need the shield. Busy right now. <laughs> okay. And then, so what, what then where I would have taken it is they would have somehow stumbled on the same set of information or the same mission. And they would have been like, well, I'm not giving you the shield. I'm not giving you the shield either. Fine. We'll share it and go on this mission together. You don't have to say that, but it would have given them a reason to be in the same space on the same mission. And all of that practicing that they had been doing, throwing the shield, that could have been a, a focal point, a center point of how they fight together as a team. Them ricocheting, throwing the shield off, the other one catching it, and then them realizing that they are both physically worthy of the shield but something would have leaned it one way or the other that the other one would have gotten the shield and it wouldn't have become apparent until the end of the show or it would have been you know the information would have been more so uh, available to one character or revealed to one character throughout the show and the other character is still in denial you could have written it a whole bunch of ways but still in all, it should have been about the two of them working it out with the shield between them as they go on missions together. It would have given them a reason to be partners and you wouldn't have had to come up with this whole convoluted story. Because I'm not saying I didn't like John Walker and all of that stuff. But to me, you could have um, you could have still brought in John Walker and used this storyline 
And it could have been about John Walker saying, you know, the government putting him in as a proxy cap and him being like, y'all got to give up the shield and then being like, you know, maybe he approaches one of them and he's like, I don't have it. He has it. He's like, I don't have it. He has it. They're just throwing it back and forth, you know, <laughs> between each other. But, um, yeah, so uh, I, I just, I, I think that for a lot of these stories, sometimes they think sequel or they think show and don't really sit down. Why don't y'all do me a favor? Go in the room for about a weekend, you know, get some video games, puff some trees, do something that's going to get your mind going. Because what you're coming up with in a lot of these instances, it just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't ring well to me. Um, and like I said, I liked Falcon and Winter Soldier, but I wish I would have loved it. Um, I liked, you know, by the time they got to the end and you see Sam full on become Cap, even though the costume wasn't 100% there, um, it could have done some slight changes, man. Y'all could have spent five more dollars, okay? It reminds me of, like, that tiger, that uh, lion in um, Prey on Hulu. Like, spend five more dollars, okay? I love to pray, but seriously, if y'all would have spent five more dollars, you could have made that lion look a little bit more realistic. You know, stop playing. And, you know, the same thing there with the costume. Spend five more dollars, six more dollars, and come on, man. You didn't have to, you know, come on. We, we, we too far into this to have, you know, things ill-fitting or not looking right just because you want to get something on, you know, you want to get something done on the schedule for the show. So I did appreciate the show. I didn't ultimately enjoy it just like I ultimately enjoyed Endgame. I just thought it was a silly way to get there. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was a lack of thinking about that particular thing. And if you would have thought about it a little bit harder, somebody would have been like, well, maybe Sam wasn't worthy of the shield because you sure gave it up right away. To me, that completely disqualified you. I, I don't care what it went down to. You gave up the shield. And at that point, you became unworthy of the shield. So, like I said, ultimately, I get past that stupid writing and get to where you he actually becomes Cap and I accept him as Cap. But, you know, or you could have give, had Cap, you know, had Bucky take ownership. Like if, let's say... You know what also would have been really good writing? Let's say um, Cap gives the shield to Bucky. I mean, to, to Sam, right? He gives the shield to the Falcon. And after a while, Falcon is like, you know something? I'm not ready. I can't handle it. And he gives it to, Buck, to Bucky. And But he sees Bucky being a complete fuck up. He's mentally, he's not ready. He's really not ready. And Sam, who is actually like a counselor, you know, can see this. And it and it's like, wow, he's really not ready. I got to get it back from him. And Bucky's like, nah, man, no backs, you know. Uh, and, you know, there were a bunch of different ways you could have done this other than, I don't want the shield. I'm going to give it to the Smithsonian. Come on, bro. Let's not do things like that. From now on, when you guys have a script, send it to me. Or call me in the room. Call me a meeting. Like, let's do a Skype, anything. Because what I'm really good at is looking at something and saying, you know something? That is completely incongruent with the way the reality of the situation is. Or that doesn't make sense. It doesn't jive. 
it sounds stupid, it looks stupid, because him giving that shield, and yeah, it set off this whole journey or whatever, but it literally took me out of the show for a long time. So, not to, I don't want to beat a dead horse. Like I said, I enjoyed it. I don't want to keep saying it. I enjoyed. Okay? So, that's it on that note. Okay, folks, so as you know, this is Random Musings, and I'm actually about to switch subjects and get just a little bit heavy here for a minute. Um, Not that we're not going to get heavy afterwards, but, you know, we're going to get a little bit heavy right now. So I want to talk about Twitter, Jack Dorsey, Parag Araguil, who is the CEO of Twitter, and Jack Dorsey, who was the former CEO of Twitter and is still the shadow CEO. Let's be realistic. He's still the CEO of Twitter. Um, and I want to talk about a couple of serious issues regarding them and Twitter and the situation. So I'm rambling right now. I couldn't have something to do with smoking that wacky tobacco. Um, anyway, so a couple of years ago, I noticed something about the GIF, you know, um, when you, okay, okay, hold on. Let me center myself. Breathe. I am one with the microphone. Okay. So a couple of years ago, two or even could have been even three years ago, but I'm going to say a couple of years ago, I noticed a particular issue with Twitter. I noticed that if I went to create a tweet, right? You say, hey, John, what's up? Blah, 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 blah. And then I say, I want to, you know, I want to put a funny picture or a GIF in there. So like everybody else, you go to the section where all the GIFs are, the funny pictures that, you know, computer generated pictures or you know, um, video cut into short snippets, you know, like if I want to say John is a dick and then I find like a picture of a pack of Franks twiggling around and you stick it in there. Ha ha ha. Right. Okay. You can get a little bit more serious. So let's say I wanted to say, uh, something defamatory or something racist. If I try to insert something from that has to do with the Hispanic culture. So let's say I wanted to use a Latin racial slur. When you went into Twitter at that time, into the GIF section, and you went to do that back then, if you went to put in that slur, what would happen is it would say, that's not available. Like that's, you know, whatever the the phrasing was to let you know that, you know, it doesn't exist. I think that's awesome. I think that is dope. So for you could repeat this process when it comes to the LGBTQ community, you cannot doesn't exist slurs for them. You could do the same thing for the Jewish community. You could do the same thing for Asian communities, so on and so on. But if you at at that time, which was two years ago, if you put in the word N.I.G.G.A., you would get images of black people. Okay, now I know some of you are ignorant enough or dumb enough to not understand that that is racist. 
but it is without a doubt 100% racist. And I would debate anybody with any kind of genuine credentials or, or whatever. Um, you could be a scholar. Debate me on that and I will destroy you. I will destroy you because that was 100% racist. So I brought it to then Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey over and over and over. And I asked them to address it, address it. I went to technical support, Twitter support, every channel you could imagine. And I just kept saying, hey, guys, this is unfair. This is not, you know, this is unjust. This is a racist behavior. And at the time, Jack Dorsey had this grandiose, bullshit, woke-ass fucking t pinned tweet. You know, that was, oh, I'm so inclusive and we're about inclusivity and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, all the flowery bullshit to make it seem like he's so super, you know, into fairness and everything. And so, but here I am, a black man, and I'm putting in the word N-I-G-G-A in a gift search and images of my people come up. Stupid ass images of black people come up. But for everybody else, it doesn't exist. Now, I know what some of you are not thinking. <laughs> I know what some of you, the dumb, the dumb ones among you, the slow ones in the herd, I know what you're, what's going on uh, rolling around in that uh, empty space upstairs in your head. You're thinking to yourself, well, uh, the N-word is different than N-I-G-G-E-R. You know, it's N-I-G-G-A. That's our word. We took it back. And we co-opted that word. And no, you didn't, dummy. Sit down, shut up, have a frank, and go on, run and play outside. Get out of here. Get out of here. You're dumb. Get out of here. Let the adults talk. Okay? Just because some ignorant children and hip-hop rappers who are really nothing but tools of white supremacy right now because hip-hop has been co-opted. So I don't want to hear what you have to say. Go sit down. Get out of here. Let the adults talk. Let people who have an actual education or understand the situation. Let, let us have the conversation. You know, you will just let the culture follow behind because you're not, you, have all, you have a lot of power and a lot of you do have a lot of intelligence, but you're allowing your cognitive dissonance to keep you from using that intelligence in this scenario. Because what you don't understand is, is that you are being brainwashed and you are being desensitized to the word, okay? You're being desensitized over a long period of time. It's the frog in the pot scenario. You see, if you take a frog and you drop him in warm water, he's just gonna sit there and swim around doing frog shit. But guess what? If you turn the fire up slowly, the frog doesn't know that he's boiling. Hey, black people, in my Joe Biden whisper voice, you're boiling. You're boiling black people. They're turning up the fire slowly, and we're boiling. Okay? We're boiling. And this is a part of that boiling that you don't see. You can't see a prison if you are if you can't understand that the bars of space so far apart it looks like you can walk in and out but it's just an illusion you see sorry for the mixed metaphors there but uh i got ahead of myself i'm in the future man um but anyway so i literally i i won't even front i won't even lie 
it borderline harassment because I must have sent Jack Dorsey, I don't know, 70, 80 tweets over the two years. You know, I mean, I could be exaggerating, but it was it damn sure was a lot. I would I couldn't stop sending them. And then I started posting public tweets, you know, going against it. Just nothing. Never a whole bunch of bullshit. My tweets were very logical about it. You could go check my records under my name, under my name Chandler. Go look it up, and you can go all the way back and look at all my tweets to Jack Dorsey and about the situation, and you will see that I I was consistent over a long period of time getting them to, you know, finally get rid of this. And I promise you, it was literally going to be my very first post it was going to be my first podcast was going to be on the subject i still have the notes i have like 10 pages of notes i was about to go in but guess what the minute that it was like oh okay they're not they changed it like within a two-week time frame they changed it with no fanfare didn't say anything i just something instinctually said look up the word n-i-g-g-a and I did, and they had changed it. And I was like, that's great. Now, I didn't need to be recognized for doing that because guess what? I changed that. I got that changed. I guarantee you, I bet you anything, if you look in, in their internal messages, I guarantee you I was the cause of that. You know how I know that? To be a fact because I had never seen not one other person on Twitter bring that up. Never. Not one time. And also, not one person supported me. So black people, you're welcome. You're welcome. I did that for my people. Okay? I put in work for my ancestors. That's ancestor work. I don't need black people to put a battery in my back. Black people, for the most part, don't have my back, even though I do a lot of work for our people in that way. Everybody has their own part, their own things that they can do. This is what I do. I am an anti-N-word activist. I saw it being put in a portrayed in a way that it shouldn't be. It was disrespectful to our people, to our culture, to our ancestors, and I put a stop to that shit, and I guarantee you, one day, somebody from Twitter is going to be a whistleblower. Somebody is going to keep all of the receipts, and one day this shit is going to come out. But I, like I said, I didn't necessarily, at the time, I wasn't going to say shit. You see, this shit, I got, I'm on my ninth podcast. I didn't bring this up all that time. Here's what made me come out here's what made me be a whistleblower or not a whistleblower but made me bring it out now because twitter has me the new twitter ceo and also jack but the new twitter ceo parag argawal argawal however you say his name i don't know i don't want to keep saying his last name because i don't want to make you know sound like an asshole trying to pronounce a name that I'm unsure of the pronunciation and nor do I want to be disrespectful personally on that level. So, and I don't get down like that. Um, but um, anyway, I'll just say Parag. So Parag 
and Jack, they decide to shadow ban me. Shadow ban me. My tweets, it was like I was being punished because to them I probably harassed them over this issue, caused them some consternation, caused them some distress, and they had to change their procedures in order to accommodate this, what they feel like was this one person. So I feel like I was being punished over their racism, okay? Over making them change a racist practice, I was punished. And I know it was me who changed it because nobody else had ever brought it up. I put it out there. If other people brought it up, show me. Show me. Because guess what? I never got one like behind any of it. I never got one person to be like, yo, thanks, brother. Yo, good looking. Yo, thanks for pushing that issue. Thanks for speaking up. Never. But, you know, that's how, you know, people treat me on the site. It is what it is. I don't look for people to, like I said, put a battery in my back. I don't look for them, how the crowd moves, what they do does not dictate how I behave. I'm a, I'm a cultural activist. I speak up for my culture. I speak up for my ancestors. I speak up for the future. So if pe black people in the present don't appreciate it, that's fine. Do what you do. Because I'm, I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to put in that work now, in my era, in my time. Because guess what? In the future, black people will not be looking at all of us. They won't be looking at me and being like, why didn't y'all speak up? Why did y'all allow this to happen? Why did you allow the hate speech of our former slave masters to completely dominate our culture and you didn't speak up? You sat there like a dummy with your thumb up your ass. But that's neither here nor there because Parag and Jack Dorsey punished me for doing this by shadow banning me. Okay? How do I know this? I know this because my tweets are suppressed now. Okay? You clearly... I mean, I, I've done stuff like I made a dummy account with no name. No, really, it had like some stupid name that didn't even was it wasn't even legible, whatever it was. Uh, no picture, no friends, no nothing. I put up exact tweets that with minor differences that I had put up under Robot Afro. Guess what? They outperform Robot Afro. So I would get on Robot Afro, who actually has something like 400 friends on there, I would get like one retweet, maybe. Maybe one like, maybe two. The tweet sent from the anonymous no-face weirdo is getting like 15 likes. Okay, that's just one thing. The second thing is I noticed that People that know me on Twitter are like, yo, dude, I don't see your stuff. I don't see your tweets. That's another sign of being shadow banned. Also, I see people who have less contact with other people who say anything. Boo. They'd be like, say, uh, spaghetti and cheese. And they'll get like 35 likes or whatever. I'll say something that is either funny or poignant or whatever. I'll say something that's, I'll bring up something that's trending, put up a dope picture with it. Dude, half the time, look through my tweets. You'll see the only time I really get any kind of interaction is when I'm talking about Married at First Sight, which is my show. It's all or nothing. <laughs> I love Married at First Sight people, by the way. They're my favorite people on Twitter. Dude, I'm a big geek. I'm into a whole lot of things. I'm into MMA, all kind of stuff. 
I don't get interaction with anybody on Twitter like I do with the Marriott site, First Sight people. Those are my people on Twitter. So everybody else, we cool. But the Marriott First Sight people, those are my day one homies. They've been down with me since the beginning. So, um, but anyway, um, so yeah. So they got me shadow banned. And I know, in the, you know when you shadow banned. You know what I mean? When, you know, you just, the interaction drop off. I have less interaction. I have more people i had more interaction when i was only had one or two friends on twitter and this is not because people my my twitter has grown last year i had five people as my twitter friends now i have 425 or whatever it is so obviously it doesn't have anything to do with you know me not being sociable or people not liking me you know what i'm saying i'm sure i'm sure some people don't like me but i'm sure there are people who do you know i had somebody say to me dude i flat out don't see you in my feed anymore you don't come up and that has to do with the algorithm and the way they selectively dictate what we should be doing. But I feel like this was personally done against me. Yes, I am aware of how the algorithm works, that it, you know, um, I, I, I understand it in theory. However, it, you, it is treating me like I'm, st- I'm on Twitter, you know, screaming right wing propaganda at the top of my lungs, you know, and it also has to do with, you know, if I say anything about Joe Biden, anything negative about Joe Biden, my tweets go nowhere. Guess what? I have 400 and something friends. Unless I tweet from different accounts or something, my tweet will only go to in front of about seven to 10 people for the longest time. And I know that's not the case for everybody else. It, literally every single person that is on Twitter with me, whether they got an account today. If, they get, if somebody gets an account right now, they're going to get more action on Twitter than me because Twitter has me shadow banned. And to me, my shadow banning started when I called Twitter to the mat, when I called them to account. So for anybody out there that used to work for Twitter, that works at Twitter, that knows about this, yo, say something because this is them fucking with people's First Amendment right. You know, I... I for my whole life, I've been a Democrat. My whole life, I've voted Democrat in every sing- single election that I could. Guess what? I'm no longer a Democrat. As of Joe Biden being in office, I was done being a Democrat because Joe Biden is not doing shit for black people. That's another thing I'm going to go into later. But Joe Biden ain't shit. Joe Biden doesn't do anything for black people. Joe Biden does for everybody but black people. So I'm an independent. Okay, and guess what? There are some issues that I caucus with on with people on closer on to the right. But there's most of my issues I caucus with the left. And in a lot of instances, I'm in between with a foot in both worlds because I'm an individual. I look at individual issues and Twitter doesn't reward that. Twitter wants you to be in Democratic camp or else you're the enemy. Okay. Plain and simple. I tweet about Joe Biden. Yo, my tweet won't go in front of more than four or five people. Unless I do all kind of genuflexing to get that to happen. So, you know, the situation doesn't need to exist. They don't need to infringe upon my rights as a human being. Because Twitter is actually like a public utility now. Okay? Just like the telephone company... 
they they this is a big thing. You know, um, nations rise and fall based off of shit that happens on Twitter. People, all kinds of things have happened. It has historical significance. So to take somebody's freedom of speech and their rights and take that away because you don't like their particular politics, because you don't, I'm not a good boy. I saw Master Parag. I saw Master Jack Dawson. If you could please excuse me, I sorry I said what I said. Please allow me to get some like on Twitter. Fuck out of here, man. You are not my master. You're not my daddy. I'm going to say what I want to say. I don't get on there and say crazy shit. You can read through my tweets. I'm an extremely fair person. I'm an extremely logical person. I talk about facts. I talk about issues. And when I talk about people, it's about the facts and the issues related to the people. Not a whole bunch of ancillary, uh, you know, pejoratives and racial epitaphs and things where I'm talking about their children or them or just saying all the crazy shit that people do. I don't do that. And I don't want to be treated like that. I treat people with dignity and I treat people with respect until they don't deserve it anymore until they come out talking stupid to me if you talk stupid to me dude i will throw you into the effing sun okay i will throw you into the sun you talk crazy to me and y'all know it too because some people that have talked crazy to me dude y'all know what's up okay i don't even need to that's not even something i need to brag about you're not talking stupid to me because listen i'll entertain i was not even that i entertain i invite if you have reasonable discourse, if you want to have an exchange, if you want to have a dialogue, if you want to have a conversation, if you want to debate and it's a legitimate issue and you're an honest, reasonable actor and you're coming at me in a way that suggests that you're not just some crazy ideologue or you're not some weirdo or some nutcase or you're not just trying to, you know, hurt me in some way, I'm all for the conversation. But the minute you give me disrespect or you come at me sideways, I will kick you into the ancestor realm. I'll kick your fucking heart out your chest, metaphorically speaking. <laughs> okay, not literally. I won't. Uh, I, I'm, I'm actually a nice guy. I'm almost like a pacifist. Dude, I don't want to kick you. Come here. Come here. Give me a hug. Give me a hug. I'm sorry. Come here. It's okay. Okay. Okay, Dugga. Okay. <laughs> anyway. So I don't want people taking my rights away and I don't want to lose my right to speak in public because my politics don't jive with yours. We all have a right to speak. People on the right have a right to, to their opinions at just as much as people on the left. OK, I don't throw people away just because they voted for Trump or because they lean right. That doesn't make you my enemy. That's stupid. Like, I hate when the left does that. That's dumb to me. And I hate when the right does it. It's just dumb. That's why I can never go back to calling myself left or right. I'm none of that. I'm an individual voter. I, I look at issues a la carte. You can't brand me as anything. There are some things you could look at and say he's more liberal leaning. And there are some things you could look at and say he leans more to the right. And there are some things you'd be like, yo, this guy's kind of toeing the line. That's me. Like what he said, that's me. <laughs> that's me, you know, and I'm not going to change. 
You know, I'm open to debate. I'm open to reasoning. I'm opening to I'm open to you changing my mind based on evidence. But other than that, you know, I'm not going to who are you? Are you a Democrat or are you a Republican? Your mama, get out of here. <laughs> OK, so anyway, I don't want to beat a dead horse. I talked about that too much. If anything else comes to mind, I will bring it up. But uh, for now, I'm going to say that's it about that particular issue. So moving on. I'm moving on, moving on. Okay, so moving right along, let's change course here. I want to talk about Joe Biden. I'm going to stay on the serious tip a little bit here. And since I already mentioned him, I want to talk about old Uncle Joe. I want to talk about the fact that Joe Biden has been a complete and utter disaster. Okay. Um, Let me see if I can put this lightly or mildly. Joe Biden is the fucking worst. Okay. Joe Biden is the worst, in my opinion. Here's why. Joe Biden has, let's let's start with um, the fact that Joe Biden has done for everyone but black people. I mean, according to the statistics and the metrics and the math, black people were very instrumental in making sure Joe Biden got into office. I mean, Democrats, you know, black Democrats did the hard push. You had Roland Martin out there doing the icky shuffle. I mean, we really put on a show to put Uncle Joe into office so that we can keep the orange bad man out. So we can keep out the orange pussy grabber. Right. We all did our part. I'm doing my part. Like we literally... Black people, uh, you know, we we despite the fact that there was such a push by a lot of black folk to not vote, to not because, you know, and I understood, you know, even though, you know, you have these folks to me that I call them electric extremists, you know, like these people that's like B1 or, you know, foundational black American or, you know, you got to be this this thing. You got to be this person or in this camp. And if you're not. You're the enemy. You're the bad guy. Nah, man, it's not like that. You see, you guys are you're not really looking at the totality of the issue. Donald Trump could have was he really was. And I know people say this and they say it lightly, but I actually mean it in from a historical context and from a logical one. Donald Trump was an existential an existential threat to existence. (laughs) Okay. Uh, if you don't understand existential, he was an, a threat to the existence of humanity. Okay. How do I know that? Because he's a fucking asshole. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, seriously, though. Um, h- how do I know this? His history, his behavior, his actions, period. I mean, we can go into line by line. We can go into every single specific on the issues, but Donald Trump should not have been president. And as a matter of fact, he almost tore this country apart. Okay? He almost tore our entire ass in half. I thought I had a note here that had some things about him, but I don't seem to know where it is. Okay? Um, you know, other than stuff like him saying, grab her by the pussy. I mean, if you're a man, 
and you voted for another man, if you have a daughter, mother, sister, niece, girlfriend, and you voted for a man that said he grabbed strange woman by the pussy, first of all, that's what the weirdest thing I ever heard a man say. Sorry. I've been around all kinds of guys, you know, in locker rooms. I played, you know, football, played sports, you know, did different things. I've been around all kinds of people, all kinds of men, roughnecks, tough guys, thugs, uh, Wall Street guys, bankers, lawyers, philosophical dudes, street dudes, all kinds of stuff. I never heard a guy say, I just walk up to women and grab them by the pussy. That's just some weirdo shit. Like, you're a, you, that's, you're a, a, that's like real rapey. So, uh, I'm not voting for somebody that says something like that. That, to me, is beyond a red flag. Um, so, um, and also weird stuff like him believing in Putin over our own agencies, over the FBI, the CIA. You say you believe Putin over them? That makes you a traitor to me. Um, he took files home, okay? You know, you stole files. Russian collusion. I mean, we could go, you know, putting in all the uh, ultra-conservative judges, you know, stacking the court, then stacking the lower courts, you know, that in the places where it really matters. You know what I will give Trump credit for? Trump, if it wasn't for Donald Trump, we this UFO stuff, yes, I know um, Lou Elizondo and um, Tom DeLonge and Christopher Mellon. I know all the, the people that did all of the work, work, but Donald Trump is the one that gave it like the ultimatum to put it into the tax relief, the COVID relief bill, the $2.3 trillion COVID relief bill. So Donald Trump did that, did that. And listen, um, I'm not going to say Donald Trump was 100 percent bad, but he just didn't have the right temperament to be president. And he, you know, just listen, man, he almost destroyed this country with that insurrection. It's a revolution. We're storming the Capitol. That was the funniest shit, man. That, sh that lady gave me so many laughs. That was crazy. But we know that if those were black people, too, that did that, they would have been shot. Okay? The first one, the first Afro that breached the Capitol would have got his wig pushed back. And we all know that. And everybody else would have ran. That would have been the end of that. Military would have surrounded the place. It would have been tear gas and lace front wigs everywhere. So we know better, okay? Um, but that's getting beside the point. Joe Biden, on the other hand, Donald Trump may have been a racist. Donald Trump tried to tear this country apart. Donald Trump was dangerous with Joe Biden. Joe Biden is just, God, man, Joe Biden is as disappointing as a freaking condom with a hole in it. Like, he's just, dude, you trying to give the kids in cages $450,000 a piece, their family? Okay, I understand compensating people with something, but you're going a little bit overboard, bro. You know, you're doing the absolute most. It seems like you do more for the people outside of this country than you do for the people inside this country. You know, I keep saying, like, if black people want to get reparations, we should all line up outside the country. We should all pack all your shit, you know, pack your, your favorite things, you know, and uh, go outside this, the border and line up outside the border that's closest to you and claim asylum. And maybe we'll get some degree of reparations. 
because other than that, this dude is giving it to everybody else. You allowing immigrants after immigrant, you know, to come here in waves and busloads and in droves and caravans, you know, this shit is crazy. What are we doing here? The America is already overrun with homelessness and everything else. We already having all kinds of problems, but you want to invite in more problems. And to me, that speaks to something else. You know, it seems like something else is really going on here because this is not altruism. This is not, we're the shining city on the hill and we want to invite. No, no, sir, because you guess what? You turn them Haitians away on horseback. You know, y'all got to do in the absolute most. Like, yeah, yeah, get out of here, boy. This America, get out of here. But uh, them ones that come in from the Latin countries, they're like, well, come on in. What's that about? Hmm. Anyway, um, so, yeah, Joe Biden is doing for everybody else but us. He's doing for the trans community. He does things for women. He does things for, you know, the military. He's, you know, he could just, I don't want to go through every list of everything he's done for everybody. But guess what? Guess what he has done for the black community? I'll name it. Dickhole. Donut. Zero, zilch, nada, nothing. Nathan, you ain't done anything. Oh, excuse me, excuse, excuse me. Uh, Juneteenth. May June, Juneteenth, a national holiday. I'll put some black women in charge of some stuff. I'll give money to those darn HBCUs. Yeah. <laughs> Corn Pop was a bad dude. Corn Pop knew some shit, if you ask me. Um, anyway, so you're doing for everybody but us. And guess what? I don't care how many, how much you got Roland Martin out there stumping for you. I don't care how much, you know, the all of the, you know, the usual Democrat mouthpieces are going to go out there and sell this one. I don't understand why black, anybody black at this point will vote for Joe Biden. I really don't. What are we getting out of the deal? What? Name me one thing. If you can name something significant, not what we're getting in conjunction with everybody else, because that's what everybody else. Uh, rising tides lift all boats. Man, get out of here. If you don't get your Uncle Joseph self out of here. Come on, man. What? What have you done for me lately? Ooh. No, seriously, though. What have you done for us? We helped put you in office. We were instrumental. I'm going to say we did it. We put you over the top. And as soon as you got in there, what did you do? You did for everybody else. Name it. Name one significant thing you did for black people. Don't tell me no shit about HBCUs. I ain't no goddamn kid. And I'm not in college. Every black person is not in college. What are we doing? We're talking about it for us as a group. Like a girl's group still a group right no seriously though come on man what have you done for us nothing so stop asking me to vote for joe biden the only way i will vote for a presidential candidate is if they are full-throated in favor of reparations f the bill to study reparations get out of here with that i'm done with that are we getting reparations or not 
they understand? Ah, no. Because if you're not giving us reparations, I'm not voting for you. Girl, bye. Get out of here. Okay? Black people, we need we needs our money. We needs our cash. Give me my money. Give me my money. That's it. End the story. That's all we want at this point. We don't want to hear no more of your excuses. We don't want to hear any more of your bullshit. Don't tell me about you giving money to HBCUs. Don't tell me about no after-school programs. Don't tell me about WIC programs. Don't tell me about no bullshit. Tell me about you putting that dough in my pocket or you're not getting my vote ever again. Any politician. That should be the litmus test for black people from now on. Are you in favor of reparations? I don't even give a shit if it's at the local level. Are you in favor of it? And are you willing to say this in public and put it on the record and put your money where your mouth is? Because if not, get out of here. We need to put our own candidates in who have our agenda at hand and who want to get our shit done. Not your idea of what our shit is, because that's how we wind up with making Juneteenth a federal holiday. I'm going to put Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill. Well, guess what I'm going to do, sir? I'm going to put Harriet Tubman as my who I'm voting for okay since you don't want to vote for reparations since you don't want to be full out for reparations I'm voting for Harriet Tubman this year that's who I'm voting for okay so uh, if anything else comes up about that I'll be sure to bring it up you know me after I think about this and watch it like everything else I always be like damn I should have said this damn I should have thought of that damn 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 Okay, so I want to talk about something a little bit lighter now. Let's go back to the frosted side. Let's get back to the robot side. Okay, let's get back to the robot side of life. Enough with the Joe Biden stuff. Okay, um, I want to talk about Batman versus Superman versus Age of Ultron. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, Well, why would you compare those two movies? Those are two very different franchises, um, you know, in terms of you got a movie that focused on two people, really three, versus the whole Avengers. Yes, Marvel, DC, but, you know, uh, why those two properties in particular? Would Would I focus on that? Here's the thing. The movies remind me of each other in terms of how I feel about those movies and their place in terms of like geekdom. So um they let me kind of uh let me let me walk this dog here. So each one of these movies is a love hate thing. There were things that I love about Batman versus Superman and there were things that I absolutely hate about it. There are things that I find in Age of Ultron that are super dope. And there are things in Age of Ultron that I think are super whack and corny. Okay. And so in that respect, the two movies kind of equal out to me in terms of how I feel about them. So, for instance, 
let's look at Batman, Superman, and what did I think was dope about Batman versus Superman. The top four dope things in Batman versus Superman. God damn, then with these goddamn sirens. It's always like the zombie apocalypse is about to go down around here. Um, okay, so in Batman versus Superman, obviously the first thing that is I have to point to, which is Zack Zack Snyder rocked it, by the way, in terms of the action. Um, Batman, Superman, it gave us the Batman warehouse fight. Now, a lot of people can watch this, just a regular casual moviegoer would watch it, and they may think, oh, that's a good fighting scene. It was a good scene. It was cool. For a comic book fan, that is one of the greatest things we've ever seen. For a geek, for a comic geek, for a real comic book geek, that is one of the most beautiful things I have ever seen. Ben Affleck will always be my dude for that. Zack Snyder will always be my dude for that. Okay? They rocked it. Everybody... I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, okay? Do you feel in charge? I love those movies, okay? I promise you I do. All three of them. I love all three of the Christopher Nolan Batman, the whole trilogy. I love it. But guess what? We never got an action sequence like that in terms of Batman, Batman's fighting ability. Yes, we got Batman fights. Okay, Um, the Batman Bane fight is one of my all time favorite comic book fights, not because I thought the action was so dope, but because I thought the directing was dope, but not the the necessarily the I I, I love it. It's one of my favorite fight scenes, Um, but it has a lot to do with the dialogue and the the feeling of it. Um, And I, I do love the way they fight. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I did really enjoy the physicality of it. Okay. I think it's a, a, a an awesome scene. It's one of my favorite scenes. However, that Batman fight scene in the warehouse from Batman versus Superman, that shit was straight out of a comic. That was the shit that, dude, I cheered. I was on the edge of my seat. I was the one that was in the theater, like behind you, like, oh, shit. Yo, yo, like I was in there going crazy. I wanted to do, I knew if nothing else, okay, if I thought nothing else of of that movie, I knew that that was going to be an excuse for me to watch it again. I watch, I've watched that scene over and over. And if you don't know, you just don't know. But real comic book fans know. So that's number one. Two, the fact that Wonder Woman was introduced in it. I mean, come on, man. We got a great Wonder Woman. Um, and who turned out to be perfect for the role, and she rocked it, she shined in it, and that was just, that was easy money with that one. You know, that that one is enough said. <laughs> you know, even though it's DC, enough said. That's Stanley saying, by the way. But, um, so we got the Wonder Woman intro, we got the warehouse fight scene, we got the Doomsday fight at the end, Okay, the, the the actual Batman versus Superman fight, I'm sorry. Sorry, Zach, but they did it better in the cartoon. Okay, they did it. Not only did it happen better in the comic, but it also happened better in the cartoon. Um, the two-parter, um, the Dark Knight Returns, the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Returns. That double um, DVD 
go watch that and it is the dopest representation of that fight to me I, it's, it's not that I hated the fight that Zack Snyder did like it was the worst it just some of that shit was dumb like um, I just I wouldn't have did it like the whole him swinging him around like getting him you know on the back cable and then he's swinging him around and knocking him into shit that just was dumb I don't even understand why that was who somehow I would have raised my hand and been like uh sir that that don't do that don't do that or him literally hitting him with the kitchen sink <laughs> Um, I just, I didn't care for it. I, I thought, but I did think he made up for it in terms of action with the final fight. The final fight against Doomsday was nuts. It was bananas. Okay. Um, I forget the black dude's name um, that plays the general. Um, and he also is, turns into John Jones in the, in the Justice League or whatever. But his delivery is hilarious to me. Like, I like when somebody in the room says something to him and, sir, rattling off this military jargon and he turns around and he goes, are you crazy? <laughs> like, his delivery is nuts to me. Or when he told Superman, he said, are you effing stupid? Like, his delivery kills me every time. Nuts. But um, anyway, so so you got that crazy fight. And let's talk about Doomsday for a second. Yeah, that was the worst design ever for Doomsday. He looked dumb to me. I'm sorry. I, sometimes sometimes you got to say a thing because if not, then you get the same thing later on. So I thought the fight was brilliant. I want to say that again. I love the fight. Hated the way Doomsday looked. He looked like a giant ape with no dick. Like a dickless uh, orc, orc, or orc, or orc, whatever you call those. The fucking Lord of the Ring monsters. He looked like one of those. Okay. Uh, uh, and I'm like, dude, what is it with no dick? You know, he reminded me of the thing from that Josh Trank Fantastic Four when the thing didn't have a dick. You know something? If I was running around, you know, uh, it'd be because I didn't have a dick. I'd be running around screaming, trying to choke Reed, too. People would be like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Is, is it that as you made of rocks? Does it hurt? Uh, Ben, calm down. What's the problem? I don't have a dick. Ah, it's clobbering time. Like, I'm punching everyone because I don't have a dick. Why didn't they give the thing a penis? And most cert they should most certainly put pants on him. Get a man's, you know, full-on pants. I don't want to see a dickless character running around. If it does, if it's not anatomically Listen, man, the Ben Grimm should have a dick. If I'm the thing... And I don't have a penis. Every time somebody says something, I'm be like, where's my dick? Yeah, Dr. Doom, space, all that shit is real nice. When am I getting my dick back? What are we doing about getting me my dick? I don't give a fuck whether or not I'm made of rocks anymore. Where's my dick? Where's my joint? Where's my junk? Until then, I'm a villain. If I don't have a dick anymore, I'm villain. Forget about it. I'm, I'm, I don't understand why the thing wasn't a villain. Okay, I'm fucking everybody up. Y'all got to kill me. You give me super strength and no penis, y'all dead. Okay, so, uh, but anyway, um, sorry I went into that pocket dimension of the penisless thing. But it was triggered by the penisless Doomsday. Okay, first of all, Doomsday should have been shorter. Y'all made him look like King Kong. He was too big. Just too big. I didn't like that. Pause. <laughs> he was too big. Earl, that's what she said. Um, but anyway, you, you shouldn't have made him so tall. 
He should have been shorter and he should have been wider. He didn't have to be the exact dimensions of the comic, but it took away from the visual aesthetic to me. He just looked like an, a, a, a giant monster that it didn't look like doomsday. And I get when he, you know, finally got into his final form, quote unquote, he did resemble doomsday, but he was too tall. He was too lanky. And it would have just been better if they would have put him in the green traditional suit from the comics where he was covered from head to toe. And then what he looked like underneath got exposed. Um, and not, there's another thing about that. And, you know, hopefully I'll remember to go back to it. And it has to do with what should have happened instead of Doomsday. But um, anyway, I love the fight. Um, and uh, also, um, the Justice League reveal. <laughs> you know, they start showing like the Flash and then Aquaman. You know, that was very, that was on par to me with a lot of the, the things that happened at Marvel. The like really big reveal stuff. That was dope to me. That, you know, um, Wonder Woman looks on this. You know what was weird about Wonder Woman in that movie? Yo, she was out at the end of the movie. Like, she was getting on the plane. And even when there was, like, a giant monster has appeared, and she's like, yeah, uh, I got to catch my plane. Like, I'm out of here. Like, she was a coward again. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I always think that type of thing is stupid. Well, where were you for 50 years? Uh, I was learning how to crochet. Oh, so you just weren't being a superhero. You're a piece of shit. Um, but they did that with the blue Marvel in Marvel, too. So that was a little annoying. So very parallel thing. But um, anyway, so those I love that stuff. And I love other things, too. You know what was weird? I, I won't get into what was weird about it yet. Um, well, I already did kind of start because I started talking about the pantsless, dickless doomsday. And um, you know what was the weirdest thing about Batman versus Superman? Uh, Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor when he's talking to the senator to the dude and the guy's cutting the side deal with him and he gives him a piece of candy and then he sucks his fingers after that like bruh that was a little that was a little suspect like that was a little weird bruh like you licking your fingers that was weird that was not Lex Luthor you know that was dumb to make Jesse Eisenberg Lex Luthor by the way, that was just silly. He should have been, if anything, you know what I would have done? I would have made him Lex Luthor Jr. Okay, that would have been brilliant. And then you could have brought in Lex Luthor later on, you know, on some, oh, y'all killed my son, or y'all did something, y'all locked my son up. You know, now I'm basically like on some, now I'm coming out of retirement, or now I'm turning my attention towards you. Um, that would have been dope. But just on the, you making Jesse Eisenberg, Lex Luthor, bad idea. Um, so, but let's focus on Age of Ultron for a minute. So, what did I really like? Obviously, the Hulkbuster fight. The Hulkbuster fight was bananas. Loved it. It's one of the greatest Marvel fight scenes. Hulk versus Hulkbuster Iron Man. I mean, um, that was the... You know, it's, it's still, out of all Marvel movies, that is still one of the greatest, most comics-accurate kind of scenes I've ever seen. Second, the party. The party was hilarious. Stan Lee, the trying to lift the hammer, all of the little jokes. Um, Don Cheadle with the 
that's a war machine story. Like his whole thing, that was hilarious. Then also, what else did I love? The vision. Come on, man. You got to love the movie for giving us a comics accurate vision like that. That was just perfect. The, the vision was just as perfect casting as Wonder Woman and the execution as well. Um, also, what I loved about Age of Ultron, the montage fight scenes, fight scene where all the heroes were fighting together at the end, you know, and um then after two, when they finally took Ultron down and it was Iron Man, Thor and Vision together, that was like one of the most comic booky kind of things. You know, it had a lot of funny jokes, like when War Machine sees Vision for the first time and he's like, what the? That was hilarious to me. But um, so there are things that I love about both movies. But honestly, in Age of Ultron, you had stupid stuff like the fight on the train with Ultron and Captain America. Like, why is Captain America throwing fists with Ultron on the train? Why was Scarlet Witch running up to people and she was giving it the ding-a-ling-a-ling in their ear and hexing them? That was so, it was cringeworthy. It was literally cringeworthy. Um, and also Ultron's lips moving. Dumb. Whosoever idea dare that was, dumb. Ultron, what makes him scary is that his mouth doesn't move. Please remember this when you do the Sentinels and the X-Men. Please remember this. Okay? So, tonally, these movies, they just remind me. I have a love-hate relationship with Batman versus Superman and Age of Ultron. They just kind of mirror each other. It's like, oh, you had this thing that was great. Oh, you had this thing that was cringeworthy. Oh, great, cringeworthy. Great, cringeworthy. And to me, those two movies do that more so than any other movies. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they... They literally remind me of each other. Um, and I think for now, that's about all I'm going to say to that. I may have some other thoughts about it. I may come back to it. But for now, I'm going to leave that alone. So so on that note, I think I'm going to end this here. I don't think anybody wants to hear me talk for longer than an hour right now. And if people ever want to request that, if people ever think that they want to hear me for longer than an hour then maybe I'll start doing longer shows. But until then, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. So until next time, um, as a matter of fact, I'll do a third random musings because there's a lot of stuff I didn't get to. So uh, see you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. Thanks for showing up. However you wound up at these coordinates, I appreciate you. I appreciate you for lending me your time and your mind in this space and in this place. Thank you, thank you, thank ya. Appreciate ya. See you next time. Peace. Hey, yo. Welcome to the Weather Hacker Show. Hey, yo. Welcome to the Weather Hacker Show.